Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.
Hello, good evening, and welcome to our front. Now, tonight, minority in parliament calls on the clergy and other progressive groups to join the NDC to reject the import restrictions legislative instrument, which it says government is bent on laying in the house. Tonight, the NDC will attempt to defend this position on Affront and representing the party's National Communications Officer, Sami Jemfi. Welcome, sir, to Affront. Thanks for having me, Raymond. I hope you are doing well today. We can't complain. So, uh, gracious. Okay, well, I mean, so exactly why is the NDC taking the fight out of Parliament and seeking to rope in others in the Republic of Ghana to join this fight? Thank you for this question and a very good evening to our cherished viewers. We are calling on Ghanaians from all walks of life to join this fight because this is not just an NDC fight. We are talking about an issue that affects every Ghanaian because we are talking about an obnoxious law, a draconian law that if allowed to pass, will restrict the importation of about 24 products into the country. And these are imports or commodities that are patronized by all Ghanaians. And so if we don't stand together as a people to kick against this draconian, obnoxious, needless law, we will all bear the consequences. And that is why today we held this press conference to explain the issues, to carry the nation along, and to call on progressive forces, voices of conscience, well-meaning Ghanaians, to speak up. Because we acknowledge our handicap as a minority in parliament. We don't have the numbers to block this law forever. We can, through advocacy and other strategic means, delay the laying of it and to call for certain amendments in the draft. But after all is said and done, we will not have the required two-third majority in parliament to stop the LI from becoming law. And that is why we are call, calling on the people of this country. Sovereignty resides in the people. Power belongs to the people. This law is being introduced under the auspices of the Kufuado Bawubian government. As a matter of fact, it is the economic management team chaired by Baumia, which is championing this law. And if we speak and our voices are heard louder at the office of the president and in the corridors of power, we are confident that this law will be dropped. Just like we succeeded in compelling them to drop the chamber when they decided to build a needless new parliamentary chamber, we believe that once again, Voices of conscience can prevail. And you see, the reason why we are calling on Ghanaians to stand with us as we fight this law is that the law will just breed corruption. I'll, I'll come to that. Exactly. I need to put that in perspective because you first mentioned that this is uh, uh, the instigation of the vice president and the economic management team. Exactly. Where is that information? Because it is an economic policy. And no economic policy gets implemented unless it is okayed by the economic management team, which is chaired by Bahumia, and the cabinet of government. Without cabinet approval, without approval of the economic management team, the minister for trade and industry, who is a member of the economic management team, cannot get the authority 
to bring this ally to power. Okay. Uh, the ally actually says the purpose of regulations. The purpose of these regulations is to, one, establish a special import management mechanism for regulating and monitoring the importation of the selected strategic products set out in the first shadow for the economic development of the country. That is the first one. The second one says, streamline and rationalize the import bill of the country to improve balance of payments and economic stabilization. The third one says, provide measures to conserve foreign exchange, safeguard critical imports, and contribute to sustainable consumption. These are laudable. Laudable objectives. But you don't determine the goodness of a law based on the objects of the law. Mm. The devil is in the detail. Okay. We all agree in principle that government must offer some protection for indigenous companies. Okay. And that government must consciously promote a buy Ghana agenda. Government must consciously enhance the capacity of local producers, manufacturers, and so on. That is a principle we all agree with. The issue is the how. You see, what this law is seeking to do is that the law is conferring unfettered discretionary powers on one person. In this case, the Minister for Trade and Industry. This one person is the one who is going to determine the fate of the importers of the commodities that I will be taking you through briefly. I'm sure you have it as well. Mm. He is going to be the alpha and the omega. He is going to have all the powers to determine whether or not a person should be issued with a license to import into the country any of the affected products. He has the last say. He has the final say. Is that what the bill That's what the law says. The law says that Specifically, if where? you want to import any of the commodities listed under the first schedule, and here I'm talking about rice, which is a staple in Ghana. We all eat rice. Gas, bladder, stomach, intestines. People will say, yeah, poultry, you know, the chicken we, we eat, margarine, fruit juices, animal, vegetable, coconut, and palm oil, fruit juices, soft drinks, mineral water, ceramic tiles, corrugated paper and paperboard, mosquito curl and insecticides, canned tomatoes, soaps and detergents, cars, motor vehicles, motor cars, iron and steel, diapers, you know, sugar, clothing and apparel, and so on. If you want to import any of these products into the country, you need to apply to the Minister of Trade and Industry for an import license or permit. And the law provides for the, um, um, the form of that application, mm-hmm. the things you must capture in that application. Once you do that, you must also pay an application fee. For the license. So there is going to be imposed on you a burden to cough up money to pay for a license. Once you do that, your application now goes to an 11 member um, um, import t- uh, license committee, yeah. which is supposed to vet the application within 15 days and make recommendations to the minister. But more importantly, the minister is not bound by the recommendations or advice of this 
Technical Import License Committee. He can choose either to accept their recommendations or to reject and say that I will give Raymond a license to import rice into Ghana or canned tomatoes into Ghana or I will not. All the law requires him to do is to give a reason for his decision. Mm. He is just supposed to give you a reason for his decision. When he even gives you the license, he has the power to revoke or suspend the license at any time. All he is required to do is to give a reason under the law, a reason. He can suspend or revoke the license. When your license lapses, you are supposed to apply to him for renewal and pay another renewal fee. And the renewal of the license goes through the same process that the issuance of the license goes through. Now, when you are grieved by any decision taken by this all-powerful minister, you can't go anywhere to seek redress. Your only redress is an application of review which must go to the same minister to determine. So the minister then becomes a judge in his own course, determining who has to determine the propriety or otherwise of a decision he has taken. This clearly flies in the face of due process. It flies in the face of natural justice. It, 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 this is a law that is conferring too much discretionary power in one person. It is said that power corrupts and absolute, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And we are of the opinion, based on the history of this country, relative to the restriction of imports in this country in the 1960s, the events that led to the Oleilu Committee, mm. the events that led to Kalabule and so on, that this is a recipe for disaster. It is going to breed extortion and corruption because now just a select few, a group of, you know, a few individuals are now going to have the power to advise the minister on who to be issued a license to import what. The minister can choose to work with the advice. If he doesn't like you, if he, does, if he thinks that you are an opponent to him or his political party, he can decide to give you a license or revoke your license or do otherwise. Not just that. Not just that. He can do what is called quantitative restrictions. Even after he has issued with a, you with a license, he can restrict the quantity of a particular product that you can bring into the country. He can tell you that for the whole year, you can only bring in one container of rice. For the whole year, you can only bring in 10 cartons of oil. And you cannot do anything. If you feel aggrieved, you have to appeal to him for review. For him to review his own decision. No discerning mind, no objective mind, no person who understands how laws are supposed to be drafted, principles of constitutionalism, principles of checks and balances will support such an obnoxious law. This law has no space in a democracy like Ghana. This is what is done in autocracies. This is what is done in monarchies, where one person is God and law unto himself. This cannot happen in a multi-party democracy like Ghana, because this law a subject has a, has a high potential of abuse, arbitrariness, capriciousness, and all that. So, so yes, the principle is good. We all share that. Mm-hmm. But we, we are saying that this is not the way to go about it. If you want to protect indigenous companies, you want to regulate imports, to conserve foreign exchange, beautiful idea. There are better ways of doing that. We'll and we have actually 
made a few suggestions Brilliant. We'll that come you can to consider. Those ones, but let's start from the top. You, you first mentioned that this is likely to promote corruption. Is it because of the role of the minister or the committee we are talking about here? It's not just about the committee, it's about the minister. Okay. Or both. Because the point is, once you create a bureaucracy, you create a bureaucracy with so much powers, they report to no one. That committee only advises the minister. The minister reports to no one under the law. Currently, how are imports done of the goods that are being deemed to be in a special category? It's a free market economy. If you want to import rice and you have your licenses. Yeah, okay. That's the point I was trying to. So they get a license from a source. No, you don't need a license from anybody. But, for example, if you are bringing in a commodity, mm. the commodity must be certified as safe. Or consumption. Okay. So you will have to go to FDA, depending on, on the commodity, or the standards authority, and so on. So once you have those certifications, authorizing you to bring a particular good because it is fit for purpose, fit for use, healthy, not injurious to public health, you are free to bring in. Nobody restricts the quantity of the product you bring in. That is your okay. choice. Okay. Unless the, the product is banned, but not the products we are talking about. These are not banned. You can bring them in. Because you're a businessman, you're a rational human being, you know what quantities to bring in that you can sell and make profits. Do you it's as simple as that. Do you agree that these 22 or 24, now 24. depending on where we are, 24 exactly. products, there ought to be some restrictions and regulations? Not all of them. Not all don't of agree. Them. Not all of them. For example, sugar. Let's separate you the see, food from the restrictions. Yeah. You see, there, if you're going to restrict impox, first of all, you must be restricting products. That, they come, that are, number one, either injurious to public health, mm -hmm. okay, or products that the country has a certain domestic capacity to produce. So, if, for example, this, this whole discussion about Yemwadi and why we must import Yemwadi into Ghana as a country and so on, if it is proven medically or scientifically that imported Yemwadi is harmful to health, just ban it. That is our proposal. Like we banned Chufi, by banned by, it. It's as simple as that. By that proving, way, that way, proving with the science that this is injurious to public so health. We have so done it in the case of Chufi. You want a report that says that this is dangerous to the health of the people. That is why we have the standards authority. That's why we have the FDA. From that institution. So if right. that exists and you want to ban it, ban it. After all, we banned Chufi. Purely based on wholesomeness. Exactly. Then, where... We, ha we, don't, we have adequate capacity to produce a particular product to fully meet demand for the product in Ghana. Mm -hmm. For example, let's say... What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. 
Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. We consume rice in Ghana. Every year we consume 100,000, let's say 1 million metric tons of rice. I'm just giving you a hypothetical example. If there is credible data to show that Ghana has the capacity to produce 1.2 million metric tons of rice every year, and that we can meet demand of rice in Ghana, demand for rice in Ghana, you can ban the importation of rice. But nobody will oppose it. But the Rice Farmers Association said that they are doing about 50%. No, no, no. Hold on. Let's, let's go step by step. So first of all, I've spoken to products that are, that are proven to be injurious to health mm-hmm. or that are unwholesome. One, you can ban it. Two, where you have full capacity to meet demand. You can ban it. It will make sense. You don't need to create a bureaucracy to vet any applications, a bureaucracy, or, or confer powers on an individual who can issue a license or revoke the license at any time and all that. You don't have to do that. But is the committee not the appropriate body to determine? The committee... After evidence submitted the committee, to it, the committee is that like this the is to the health of... A, an advisory committee, what can they do? They don't have any power. The advice are subject to the whims and caprices. I mean, they are the minister. the minister. Yeah, and the minister the can minister reject it. The law has, is clear. Who has powers of the state? Yes, and to the minister act for on behalf of Ghana. And the minister can either accept or reject. He's not yes, bound by that. for good advice. reason, of course. I mean, why for good? He will be exercising discretion. Discretion. Why must you give by, the minister that discretion? But if well, then why establish the technical but committee? But there in the are first laws place? on discretion. Discretion is bound by two nineties, which says should be fair, candid, and reasonable. A minister is supposed to be bound is, by this. What, what is fair, candid, and reasonable mm-hmm. at any given time is subjective. Unless a pronouncement is made on same by a court of uh, by a court of competent jurisdiction, which need be could be the final point in this conversation. My point so why is, that, is that what you want? You want that, litigation in court? No, no. I'm saying that all over the place, challenging administrative fiats and decision of a minister. Is your problem with the current minister or any minister? The problem all? is two. The problem is number one with the law. That is the main thing. But I cannot also ignore. The fact that the first minister who will have to implement this law is the erratic, you know, Katie Hammond. Is that a fair description of it? That's a very fair description. Yeah, I'll come yeah, to that. Yeah, but first of all, let's deal with the law. Let's deal with the law. We have said that if you think the product is unwholesome, ban it. And we have precedence. We've done that in times past as a country. Number two, if you think you have the capacity to fully meet demand, ban it. And show us the data that we can do produce enough all we need to consume we can produce it locally no need allowing impulse number three if you only have a partial domestic capacity to meet demand domestic production capacity to meet demand for any product what you need to do is you need to show us the kind of investments and incentives you are going to roll out to enhance the local production of that commodity, number one. Number two, you can introduce a transparent quota system that compels 
importance of that product to buy a certain percentage of their intended import volumes locally. This has been done over and over again in Ghana. For example, in 2014, the government of John Mahama and the NDC realized that Ghana had a certain, you know, local capacity to produce poultry. We rolled out the Ghana Broiler Project at the time and other incentives with subsidized maize, which is the main feed for poultry, for farmers. Okay, and all these interventions were aimed at increasing poultry production. We were able to produce about 20%, if you look at the data, 20% of the poultry we consumed in the year 2016, for example. So based on this, supported by credible data, the government of John Mahama, through the Ministry of Food and Agriculture, introduced a certain system called the 40% rule. This 40% rule enjoined all registered importers of poultry to buy at least 40% of their intended import volumes locally. So if you want to import poultry, you have to go to the Ministry of Agric. Nobody was going to decide whether or not you should issue the license. That was not the issue. Nobody was going to restrict the quantity of poultry you could import. If you wanted to import 1,000 metric tons, nobody cared. But whatever you wanted to bring in, in terms of the quantity, you had to buy 40% from local farmers. So all the local farmers with the capacity to produce were registered. They were assigned to the importers. So before you get the permit to bring in the poultry, you need to show your agreement, your sales agreement, sales and purchase agreement with a local poultry farmer. And I've gone to Darko Farms. I have an agreement with them to buy 40,000 metric tons of poultry from them because I intend to import 100,000 metric tons. And 40% of that is 40,000. Once we see the agreement and every, we validate it, you are given the permit to import. When you bring in the goose, before you clear it at the port, we check again whether that local, you know, um, 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 a poultry farmer has been paid. And if it checks out that he has been paid, then you are allowed to clear your goods to come and sell. These are innovative ways that you can use to restrict some imports while promoting the consumption of local produce. You don't have to create bureaucracies. You don't have to give unfettered, unchecked powers to one individual, so much discretionary power, such that he can re, 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 suspend or revoke licenses at any time. All he has to do is to give a reason. The reason doesn't have to make sense. He just has to give a reason. He can decide to give you a license. You see, what this will lead to is that this government, we know what they have been doing. We know the corruption, unprecedented corruption, the nepotism, the cronism that they have superintended over in the last seven years. You give them this law and all these powers, I tell you, that they are going to create cartels, cabals, who will monopolize the importation and trading of certain commodities. And if you don't take care, that will lead to supply chain shortages with this concomitant effects on inflation. We don't want to go back to the days of Kalabule. That's very Ours speculative. is a free market right. economy. I with some government intervention. No, these are, no, no, no. I am a lawyer, and I know that in making laws... Mm-hmm. The, the, the framer of that law, the maker of that law, will have to think about 
possibilities of abuse, the potential for a law to be abused. That is how good laws are made. So that the law is made in such a way that there are fetters, there are checks and balances inherent in the powers you give any individual to prevent abuse, arbitrariness, capriciousness, unfairness, unfair application of the law, and so on. If you check the current airline before parliament, you don't have that. No, my, my point here is that, uh, fine, on trade and industry issues, you hold up minister to account every day, don't you, the minority? They do that. They actually insist. They have to put him on the store. They will call him to parliament to come and answer for whichever deal he's supposed to do. But when it comes to a law that actually restricts importation, you'd not think that he should have the final say because he's not ultimately responsible for the sector. Why must he have the final say? Why shouldn't he? Is he not the one that you are put in charge of the place? Even the Supreme Court of, the Ga- of, yeah. of Ghana, mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. they don't have final say. But understand no, that no, the no, court no, can no, no, actually, listen, listen, listen. actually pronounce on his conduct. That is That's why when you go out. to circuit courts, mm-hmm. you can go all the way to the um, 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 court of appeal, or if you go to the high court, you can go to the court of appeal. If you agree with the decision of the high court or the court below, you can go to the Supreme Court. Even the Supreme Court, if you are dissatisfied with their decision, you can go on review. And when you go on review, it is not the same panel. Okay, the, the ordinary That's bench. Decision, yeah. There are two more justices, as the practice has been, who are added to the bench. You understand? So we are saying that the situation where the minister determines whether or not a person should be issued an import license and the quantity of products that person can bring in, a law that gives him the power to revoke licenses at any time and so on, and gives him the mandate, the powers to review his own decisions. It's a bad law. That's what we are saying. It's a very bad law. And we are saying that so there if is no minister who should do that. The quant- and, 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 is that what? If it's not a minister who should do that, there can be a body, a body higher than that minister. There can be a body. A body can be set up. Listen, if they want, that is if you want to go on this route. Why, why, can't you have, why can't you have a body higher than the minister made up of either the vice president or the president or other persons who can review the decision of the minister? So the minister will not do a good job, but the vice president can do a good job. Checks and balances. Very necessary in lawmaking. Checks and balances. These are basic tenets of lawmaking. But, they but, but you see, we are not even saying that, 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 we are not even yes. saying that, that is not even the major problem. These are tangentials. Mm-hmm. The, the main problem has to do with a regime, a, a legal regime that says that farming should be issued an import license to bring in rice. The Kwaku should not be given an import license. That is problematic. But that determination is made all the time. It's made Why? to do with whichever areas of our governance. If you have a difficulty with somebody's conduct, a grouping out to make a decision whether or not the person can do a certain thing. That is when you have a problem. But we are yeah, saying but that we have if you the decide, you agree that no, there's a problem if with you this decide country. to go into and the, the objects are very clear. You the, agree, right? If you want to go into the importation, mm-hmm. so right now tell me, sugar is on the list. Isn't yes. It? Do we produce sugar in Ghana? Don't we? Well, what's our local production capacity of sugar? But didn't the NDC set up? Uh, well, what is the state of it? Oh, revamp was the name of the... What uh, is the state of it? Commander Sugar Factory. They've left it to rot for seven years. And they are making frantic efforts to sell it. So it was left to rot. Exactly. Really? We commissioned it. I do not recall any period where it started producing sugar. At the stance that I know, opposite this end. At the stance that I know, I don't know where 
which market sold Commander Sugar? We are, we are not talking about market selling sugar. Because that's we are talking about the production sugar. of sugar. <laughs> and you can, if, and, and, if you don't yeah, know, but about the that, ask, that ask your, like that. your former colleague, um, Captain Smart. He was the one who went there during oh, the I testing say. of I, the factory. He I went see. there with cameras from multimedia here. No, I'm not. So you should, you, a, you, you, you test have a video to be done. Consumers of sugar would have to know whether or not there is sugar produced on the market. They don't know what to factories not to do the test of that. But I've not spoken about sugar being produced for the market. Because that is what reduces the consumption from outside. Yes. That is what we're able to I am buy. saying, the question, you see, you are even, I don't no, know, no, you're no, confusing no, no, the no, issues. No, 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 what no, I'm saying no. is that the sugar is on is the that, list yes. of these so-called strategic products mm -hmm. whose importation are being restricted by this law. And I'm saying that Ordinarily, you would have expected these restrictions to apply to products that the country has some significant capacity to produce locally. Tell, tell me, what is our capacity? Even poultry that we were doing 20% locally, today we are doing 4.5. What is our local capacity in terms of the production of sugar as we speak? So if you say you are restricting the importation of sugar to promote what indigenous business? To promote what? People just want to confer powers on themselves and become demigods. They want to create problems where there is none and profit from those problems. Mm. That is what is happening. Either than that, what mischief is the restriction of sugar supposed to cure? What is the policy objective of that? How will that restriction lead to... An, I mean, what is this supposed to achieve? That the likes of Commander Sugar Factory... The, the Commander Sugar Factory that has been left to rot for seven years. They have not been able to get Commander Sugar Factory to work in seven years. And you think they can get Commander Sugar Factory to work in one year. But the, the factory is there, right? The factory is there, left to rot, deteriorated. It cannot, be, it cannot be operationalized as we speak today because it has deteriorated, left to rot. You should see the, an audit which was done on it not too long ago. I thought they said they recently got uh, external people to buy into and uh, what, what happened? What happened? Listen, the people of this country are industrious people. They are people who are into commerce, business people. They bring in things to come and sell and all that. You understand? We operate a liberalized free market economy. We are party to a number of international trade agreements like the WTO Trade Facilitation Agreement, which prescribes or prohibits quantitative restrictions. And we, there are many of such agreements. We are a member of AFTA and so on. The African Continental Free Trade Agreement and so on. We are now living in a global village. If you are going to restrict the importation of something into this country, it must make sense. It must be an item or a commodity that is harmful to health. And, and, and there must be science and data to back that from authorized, from, from the appropriate state institutions or authorities. Mm. It must be something that you have a certain capacity locally to produce. And if that is what you want to do, don't create a bureaucracy called Import License Committee. Or don't confer the power on just one person who has the right to issue a license or to refuse to issue a license, to suspend or revoke a license, and so on. You don't need to do that. Look at the capacity you have and compel importers to utilize that existing local capacity mm. by buying a certain percentage of your import locally. How is this difficult to do? Now, let me get a point also clarified. But this is a very important point. What? This is a very important point. In all economies, free market economies like ours, 
where with limited government intervention, okay, where government wants to promote local goods, one of the ways it does that is through tariff and non-tariff measures. Tell me if I'm wrong. Tariff and non-tariff measures, that is what we do. So you know that the cost of production in Ghana is high. And so our businesses are not able to be competitive. They are not able to, to produce at a comparative competitive cost. And so what you need to do is through non-tariff measures and other incentives, reduce their cost of operation so that they can, they can produce at a comparative cost. If they are able to do that, their goods will be patronized, their goods will be consumed or absorbed by local demand. While at that, you increase tariffs on certain imports. Once you increase the tariffs and you increase the cost of those imports, you are discouraging consumption of those imports. And so automatically through tariff and non-tariff measures, you are able to promote the consumption or the patronage of made-in-Ghana goods. You can do this easily without necessarily passing any airline that confess unfettered, you know, unchecked discretionary powers on one person who will have the power to determine the fate of any importer. He can revoke your license. I get you. This point you have made. This is wrong. The, the, the question I wanted to ask is, of the 24 or so products that are on the list, apart from sugar, which you just mentioned, which other products do you think should not have such restrictions on the first place? I've mentioned sugar. Mm-hmm. We have some um, limited capacity when it comes to steel okay. and uh, iron and aluminum and so on. Some companies are doing that, but the capacity is very limited. And I don't think that at this stage it is something you should be restricting. You understand? We can look at each of the issues one after the other and have a conversation. On the issue of Yemuadi, I've told you that let the science determine for us the direction we should tow, whether to ban it outrightly or to allow it. These things can be discussed. You see, what we are saying is not born out of any partisan considerations. We are putting up a fight for the voiceless. That importer of rice, that importer of soup, that importer of oil, that importer of canned tomatoes and so on. But you the, cannot get the opportunity but the to come and sell the same product. The, we, the we are fighting for the producers to too. In there, that is why we are, we, in fact, the producers are our priority. Mm. They are our priority. The AGI that is why we are. This that is why we are announcing the twenty. That is why we have announced the twenty-four-hour economy strategy. The AGI which is supports this bill. They are associated with the industries. That is your the biggest grouping of you people see, who most do of them. Manufacturing if, you, the if, you, of if you speak to them, yes. most of them support the principle. Most of them have not taken Again, the time no, no. to examine it, it, the detailed provisions of the law. It's only fair. You mentioned AGI. But let me tell you, are you aware that the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry yes, are against this law? So what about them? them? I'm talking about what the no, AGI, no, no. and we that have known AGI. the AGI I respect for them. God knows how long I know them. to be doing this kind no, of and business. You know, have, and you, you don't know about the Ghana National, Cha- the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry? I have ah, heard of them. You interviewed I one of them not too long ago. Exists as a group in. Haven't you interviewed any in of the them Republic before? of Ghana? The leading institution that actually does advocacy for uh, manufacturing for industry is the AGI. That's where that. What about is. the Importers and Exporters Association of Ghana? I know that group. What about the exporters? I have the heard exporters. so many other groups. Listen, the, the Importers and Exporters 
Emphasis on exporters' association. They have petitioned parliament. Mm-hmm. Taken against this law. Yes. Exporters, those who produce locally for exports. Did the NDC speak to the AGI on this matter? I get to know not this. officially. I have had some unofficial because we met them on other issues. Mm. We met the AGI on the 24 hour economy and that other yeah. industry you know, challenges. We discussed all these issues broadly. And this is a matter that came up. And um, they wanted to know our opinion about it. And we made it clear that the principle is good. We support the principle. So they were like, if the principle is good, but you don't like the uh, framing of the law, why don't you raise those specific issues? And that is exactly what we are doing here. We are saying that the law confers too much discretionary powers on the minister. And that is a recipe for corruption, is a recipe for extortion, is a recipe for chronism, is a recipe for political patronage, it is a recipe for state capture. It's a recipe for arbitrariness, for abuse, and so on. That is what we are saying. And the the Importers and Exporters Association of Ghana agrees with us. The Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry agrees with us. The Ghana Union of Traders Association agrees with us. The Food and Beverages Association of Ghana, FABAC, agrees with us. Then the Ghana Institute of Freight Forwarders agree with us. Then more importantly, the Chamber of Automobile Dealership Ghana. Tell me, you were asking me about other products on the list, which I think should not be on the list. Yes. Cars. Cars. Because you have a few... Five, to be specific. Assembly plants in this country. Why? What's the difference And we don't even that? know their capacity. Their capacity, as we speak now, has not even been ascertained. You want to restrict the importation of... Are, they, are these guys serious? No, hold on. Restricting is not a ban. We get that right, right? No, but the so restriction... difficult No, but the restriction... Can lead. Do you know the number of people in Ghana who import vehicles? But that, that's not the most. Let me show you something. Do you have the law before the, you? The, the, the most, yes. I Do have. you have the law before yeah. you? Now, the law, let me show you a lacuna in the law, which is even dangerous. Now, How this bureaucracy is going to affect businesses. You know that be, businesses work with timelines. You know that. I say. Good. They know they have their timelines in a the year. They know the number of vehicles they have to bring in, to sell, to make profit, to pay workers, and so on. And by Do you know that per this law, for a license to per this law, the, 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 the import license committee mm-hmm. is required to meet at least once every quarter. Once every quarter. If they meet once every quarter, they would have fulfilled the requirements of the law. Yet, every importer of all the 24 products are supposed to apply to this committee that is supposed to meet once every quarter at least once every quarter. And review them. To review all the applications. Look at the products we are talking about. All the applications. I'm not sure. What and the law, let me show you yeah. the lacuna. The law does not provide for the time frame within which an application must be vetted. What the law provides for is that when the application is vetted, within two weeks, a recommendation should be made to the minister. That is within 15 days of reviewing the application the committee is supposed to submit its report and recommendations to the minister. But the time frame between when the application for that license is made and when that application is considered or vetted is not provided for in the law. You can have an application lying at the ministry for months with nobody attending to it. Is that the situation we want to create in Ghana? Is this the law you, you claim AGI is supporting? The fact that the principle is good, the fact that the principle will support indigenous companies, local businesses, and so on, 
And this is even something which is on paper. The fact that they have stated that this is the object of the law does not mean that in reality that object will be realized. The fact that they are saying that doesn't mean, mean that I mean, we should support the law hook, line, and sinker. I am very sure, because I know the president of AG, I have interacted with him, I know he's very objective. I'm very sure that if he takes his time hmm, to analyze the details of the law, the provisions of the law, he will come to the same conclusion we have come to that this law is obnoxious, it is draconian, it vexes too much discretionary powers in one person. It is a bad law. It cannot pass the test of lawmaking in any serious democracy like ours. And that is why we are calling on all patriotic Ghanaians, all voices of conscience, all progressive forces, all well-meaning Ghanaians. This is about the food we eat. It's about the clothes we wear. It's about the cement we use for building. It's about the steel we use for building. These are the things we consume, the food juice, even water. This is what they are doing. This is what they want to do. A time will come if you are not a member of the government in power and you are not in the good books of the minister, you may not get a license to even bring in rice or count tomatoes. That potential exists because of the nature of the law, because of how the law is framed. So our opposition to the law has got nothing to do with the principle or the rationale for the law, or the objects of the law. It has everything to do with the details of the law, the provisions of the law. The minority leader also mentioned that it breaches the IMF agreement. How does it do so? Oh, no, he explained that if you look at the program we have signed on to, um, there is um, a condition that during the pendency of that bailout program, which is for a period of three years, we shall not introduce any import restrictions law. That is the point he made. This, it is contained in that document. I'm sure if you talk to him, you will make that up. I don't have the law uh, right here. Yeah, I, have me, I would have shared that with about. you. I think after this conversation, I can, I can uh, make that available to you. Yes. Okay, no, I get your point. I mean, because he mentioned that I need the clarity. Yeah, yeah, that's what he means. He's trying to say that if you look at the, um, the agreement we have signed with the, agreement, uh, with the IMF, it prohibits the introduction of import restriction laws during the pendency of the agreement. Oh, well, why would they do that? You know, um, you will have to read the document. I don't have it before me, so I don't want to make any um, um, guesses that may be wrong. But I would want to believe that, you know, the IMF is an institution, just like the World Bank, is an institution that stands for free trade, liberalized um, a free market, you know, economies with very limited, or they will even see no intervention from government in the market at all. Uh, and so I will not be surprised of there being such a condition in the agreement, because that is what these uh, uh, companies, uh, these multinational institutions um, stand for. But you see, I don't even think that the argument is so much about what the IMF has to say about this. It's about what good conscience, what reasonable minds. You see, the lawyers have something they call the reasonable, the reasonable man's test, the bystander's test. The minister says Any reasonable man reading the relevant law institutions cannot but come to the conclusion that this law can lend itself to a great deal of arbitrariness and abuse because of 
the sixteen discretionary powers that confers on the minister for trade. And you cannot disagree with me, Raymond. You agree with me. I think we can agree. We don't have to disagree on issues like this. These are issues that affect all of us. We can agree on the fact that the principle is good. But we can also agree on the fact that the law in its current form is a recipe for disaster. We can agree on that. So the NDC parliament could not get the minister to see a reason why some of these changes should be made. No, but this minister, do you think that this minister is one that listens? But, I mean, this is a government this policy. This is a minister who... He's a minister who, responsible for who it, but this is a government policy. Who sat in a studio, I believe, in this uh, media house, and said that all young people in this country have big hairs with no sense. That's the minister we are talking about. Look, look at this persona. Look at his character. No, but this look is, at his body language. But you just... Is, this, is this a person that you would want to confess such excessive discretionary powers on. But he is the minister, without doubt. He yeah, he's the minister. Approved by the parliament, including oh. the minority. And we are, saying that, parliament. we are saying that he should be the last person should be given such excessive discretionary We are powers. convinced he's qualified to be minister, but we are not convinced he should remain in office as minister. Oh, to do some the of the issue is not about whether or not he should remain in office. The issue is no, no, whether or not we can remain trust to do the job with such that we have given him. We are saying we can't trust him with such excessive discretionary powers. It's as simple as that. So now, I, 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 even you, I, I, I know you agree with me. I heard the minority leader say that the clergy and other progressive forces should come on board. What exactly do you expect them to do? Issue statements or also protest? Just to speak up. To speak up. It can be in the form of press conferences, like the Cali Bishop Conference did not too long ago. It can be by issuing communiques, press releases. We just want to hear their voice. It cannot just... The battle cannot just be left to the minority. We also need street manifestations. We need protests. We need demonstrations. We need people to picket at Parliament, picket at the Ministry of Trade and Industry, especially those who stand to be affected directly by this law if it's allowed to, to pass. And we are telling them that we've done our best to block this law on two occasions from being laid in Parliament. The Speaker has advised the Minister to make changes to the law in substance, he is not making any substantial but changes. Has he made to the some law. changes to it? He's cosmetic. He's not made any substantial changes to the law. All the provisions that we have problems with, he's not made any changes to the law. Is, and we are saying that. The ranking member. We are the, saying that the, if eventually the law is laid, we will need to third majority to stop it from becoming law. And we don't have it. Ganyas gave us only 137. To get to third majority, we need 183. Basically, half of We don't have it, actually. Exactly. We don't have it. But with. All progressive forces, well-meaning Ghanaians, civil society, importers and exporters association of Ghana, FABAC, you know, Ghana National Chamber of Industries and, and so on. With all these stakeholders joining forces with us, with all of us uniting together, standing together as a people, not as a political party. You are national we can't prevail. Officer, if this bill had been introduced by the NDC, would you have NDC MPs? No NDC government will introduce such an obnoxious law. We've been in power before. We never dreamt of something like this. We never did that. But <clears throat> no, I'm talking even the principle if, here, yes. Even if, you know, uh, uh, perish that thought. But even if, assuming that an NDC government sought to do this, you can mark today's date now. I will speak against it the same way I'm speaking against it. What is wrong is wrong. We are Ghanaians first before, you know, um, being members of our political parties and all that. Fidelity to country first. Law for country first. This is going to collapse a lot of businesses. This law is subject to 
arbitrariness and abuse. It is subject to extortion and corruption. It is subject to chronism. We cannot allow such a law. Whether it is being introduced by MPP, or, that is inconsequential. The issue is whether this law is coming to make la- the life of Ghanaians better or is coming to worsen it already. When, when Look at the hardships Ghanaians are really now. When the NDC had the point, you're talking about hardship, right? When the NDC and the minority have felt strongly about a matter, it sometimes even used protests on the streets. The more recent one was the governor of the Bank of Ghana. Now you wanted out of office. Yeah, and we, not, we, we will demonstrate NDC again. And I'm from that matter next year. Say, on this matter, we are even exploring that option. I've no, not we, heard we, it we, when we demonstrated against the governor of the Bank of Ghana, yes. we didn't just wake up one day to demonstrate. You know, you need to carry the nation along. Advocacy is important to help people to understand. You are a communicator. You know the importance of communication. People must understand. They must buy into the message before they will come out and join you for any... Uh, protests or demonstration. So the Bank of Ghana matter you spoke about, we did yeah. press conferences upon press conferences, press releases upon press releases, media engagements like this. Before we built the needed momentum for that gargantuan, unprecedented... Except there's a race against time. We are told this may come up in Parliament this week or whichever day they find it prudent. They will, but the people have the power to stop it. Sovereignty resides in us. Power belongs to the people. If we stand together, if we speak up, back, importers and exporters, Guta, they are too quiet. We are telling them, shake yourself. You have a voice. You have influence. You have power. We've done it before. We stopped the government from building a new chamber. We can stop them from doing this. What? And in fact, there are many other things that we have stopped. What is see, the, what's the position see, of the chairman of the uh, subsidiary legislation committee? Who's an NDC MP on this one? He's against the law. He has said that his work, that's my boss, Dr. Ine. He has said that his work as champ, or their work as a committee is to determine um, whether the minister has exceeded the powers, you know, that he has as a minister, you know, and whether the law stands against the 1992 constitution or other laws of this country. That is what they are supposed to do. And he says, to that extent, that is fine. But in terms of the particulars of the law, the provisions of the law, he stated publicly, even in parliament, that it is wrong, and he has even given advice to the minister that the minister has, has, has refused to, you know, um, he to. But you I see, they were they are giving the, specific changes that they asked the minister to do. He has not implemented it. More recently, and the appear could be who was the ranking on that particular committee said, what did they engage the minister on? Ranking. Yes, he was ranking on subsidiary legislation committee. Oh, Since oh. the chairman is from the NDC side, oh, the ranking yeah, is yeah, from yeah, the yeah, other yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. And the appear could be was categorical in his mind. That was another has, MPP person. Yes. What yeah, were you expecting him to say? No, but what is the dispute here? The man says the minister has inculcated the chairman many of, of the, the committee has spoken on the floor of the house and he has said that yeah. they advised the minister to do a number of things. He has refused to do so. Our ranking member, Honorable Sulu. So, what, which period are you talking about? Our, minister, our ranking member, that's the MP for Bole Bamboy, mm-hmm. um, a ranking member for the Committee on Trade, Industry, and Tourism, Honorable Suleiman Ayusif, mm. is also on public record. Um, to have said that all the inputs they have made, the advice, even to get the minister to sit with them after the speaker directed him to go back, engage stakeholders, review the law, and bring it back. He's refusing to meet the committee. Till date, he hasn't met the committee. The ranking member was at our press conference this afternoon. He just told me, look, there's a government who, are, who have realized that they have just one year to leave office. And so I'm in a hurry, I'm in a hurry to create opportunities to look for. They are in a hurry 
to impose suffering on the people. Look at the raft of draconian tax measures they are desperately seeking to introduce in Parliament in addition to this import restrictions law. Today, a government of a Kufuadu and Baumia, the very people who in opposition promised to move Ghana from taxation to production, those who said taxation was a lazy approach to governance, those who said that if governance was all about borrowing and taxation, their 18-year daughters could govern Ghana. Today, they are introducing excise duty on petition. Today, they are introducing VAT on diesel and, and uh, 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 petrol vehicles. In fact, excise duty of 100 Ghana cities on Abuboya, on Okada, on Pragia, on Trotro, on uh, all Uber, taxis, private cars, every engine that consumes diesel or petrol, you have to pay that excise duty. Is that what, sorry, what, what's wrong with that? Let today, me be quite clear on today, that. Listen, what's, what's the difficulty today, with today, that? Today, they are imposing VAT on non-life insurance, motor insurance, marine insurance, fire insurance, building insurance, goods in transit. Today, they are imposing VAT even on the goods that have all these years been exempted from VAT, okay, like exercise books, like textbooks, newspapers, publications, magazines, even calendars, diaries, stationery, including paper and pens, stapler. They are imposing 15% VAT on all these items. They are imposing VAT on magazines, scientific and technical works, architectural plans. That one too, you pay VAT on your own architectural drawing. Price list, VAT on all these things. They are imposing VAT on domestic air travels. They are imposing VAT on domestic transportation of vehicle, of passengers by road, by sea, and by rail. They are imposing excise duty. The excise duty on, 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 on beer is being increased from 20% to 47.5%. Go and check the, the raft of tax measure. And it's just too much. The tax burden on Ghanaians are okay, already unbearable. Okay. You have interviewed AGI. You have interviewed, uh, I mean, all the stakeholders. They've told you the tax burden is too much. Go but to our port. Even Kennedy and Japan has said it. Today you go to the port to clear one item. On, on one bill, you see over 18 taxes. You are paying COVID levy on VAT, COVID levy on NHIL. When COVID has, COVID has already subsided and our government had more than it needed to fight the pandemic, according to the Auditor General. We are still paying COVID levy. Why? We are paying boiler tax. This government has introduced I, more than 20 taxes. I need to wrap up this conversation. If, Growth and sustainability. If, levy, if the financial sector clean up levy. If, I, if the airlines late somewhere this week, what would the NDC do? We will do everything within our power to stop it from being late. If they succeed in getting it late, we'll move to the streets. We'll move to the people. We'll rally the people together. People from all walks of life. And this is a matter that unites us. They are MPP people who are into importation. Mm. They are into trading and all that. And this is going to collapse their business. We're going to rally everybody together. And we are going to ensure that this law is dropped. Whether it is late or not. But we are calling on all Ghanaians to join the fight. Because it is not a fight for the NDC alone. It's a fight for all of us. Our livelihoods are at stake. Our survival is at stake. Let's not allow a few selfish, greedy politicians... To create a bureaucracy and turn around to benefit from sale. Is your watch imported? Yes, it's imported. You look like a very imported person. But this is local. This was made for me by Harmony Trends. 
This was made for me by Hamadou Train. So this is made my, in Ghana. My time and is I like, I like you, you, I like to wear a lot of safaris, which are all made in Ghana. My time is up. Many thanks to you for joining us on Upfront tonight. By the way, your tie is important. Oh, it's costume. <laughs> <laughs> I see.